This is Mom Goals. With world-class professional soccer player, Allie Long. Our guest for today is Michelle Wong McSween. She is a former fashion designer who created the Gordon and Lily children's book series and app. They are books that help children learn Mandarin. Her latest book is Gordon and Lily Colors in Mandarin. Michelle lives in Brooklyn with her husband and three boys. Here's my conversation with Michelle Wong McSween. So I'm really excited to kind of talk to you and just kind of hear how you got started into writing a children's book. Was it something kind of you've always wanted to do? Actually, I just fell into it as a second career. Awesome. My first career was a fashion designer, and um, I actually quit Amazing. my job. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what moved me to New York for a, oh, a fashion awesome. design job. And um, I just realized that when I wanted to start a family, it was nearly impossible because my husband and I were not in the same city. He, he was mm. He's a designer as well. And our we would just cross on all of our business trips. And I said, you know what? This isn't working. We weren't having any luck getting pregnant. I thought, I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. I think I need to quit. And he's like... Right. Okay. <laughs> we agreed that he would be <laughs> no the one way. to work out of the home. Right. And then I would be the one to raise the kids. And immediately I got pregnant. No way. It's one of those funny stories where you're so stressed, you can't relax. And then the minute you're right. just relaxed, it just happens. So um, I've heard that so much about uh, women trying to get pregnant and, and maybe not initially being able to. And then all of a sudden they like put the stress out of it, out of their mind. And it was like, whoop, I'm pregnant. Oh, now and get an animal. And, yeah. Have you heard that? <laughs> no. Someone oh, really? says, oh, if you get if you a get pet, a dog, no. because you're starting to take care of something, you're focused on something <gasps> oh, else instead of yourself. Like, yeah. You relax. Oh and then all you're of a sudden, not like looking at your, oh my yeah. God, that's amazing. That's <laughs> that funny? so funny. I didn't hear that, but sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we had um, our first two sons and um, I'm fourth generation Chinese American and something clicked inside of me when I became a mom that, and my husband's not Chinese, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm the last link to their heritage, to their culture. If they don't learn it from me, who are they going to learn it from? I I need to teach them about their heritage. And I thought, okay, I can cook Chinese food. (laughs) I can celebrate Chinese New Year. But what I really want is to teach them about their heritage through language, because I never learned to speak Chinese. Being fourth generation, my great-grandparents, my grandparents, they were all so focused on becoming assimilated and mm. being really Americanized that we, they were really determined to speak without an accent and not really speak Chinese. And so I never learned to speak because I didn't have to. Right. That's so, so unfortunate. Thought, I know, I know. But that was just what, how it yeah, was. What you did. Back yeah. during the whole Chinese exclusion acts and all that. Right. And all the prejudice. So my brothers and I never learned to speak. And I thought, I'm going to learn to speak Chinese. And I'm going to learn to speak Mandarin because that's the approved, you know, official Chinese language. Oh, my gosh. It was so hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, okay, it was so hard. Like going French in high school. (laughs) What? You didn't even take Mandarin. (laughs) Nobody was offering Mandarin. (laughs) True. Who's going to teach it? So, yeah, that's so funny. So you you basically kind of did you self-teach yourself this like no I am oh, classes oh, okay nice. I went to night school I had my husband watch the kids when he came oh, home from work gosh, amazing and it just it wasn't soaking in and I thought okay I need to start my kids learning Mandarin when they're young so right. I thought okay I'm going to enroll them in little cute baby classes and I actually found a Mandarin class for kids and I'm going to look for books to teach them Mandarin so you know when we snuggle up at bedtime or we read our stories I'm going to throw the Mandarin books in the mix and they won't even know they're learning Mandarin. 
genius. I couldn't by the way. find any. <laughs> it was a great idea, but I couldn't find any books. No way. I mean, this was 14 years ago. Wow. So I just couldn't believe it didn't exist because Mandarin was such a huge um, language that you know billions of people spoke, mm-hmm. and next to Spanish, it's the most widely. Sp- I mean, and English, of course, it's the most widely spoken language. I thought, yeah. why doesn't there exist something that's really, really simple for parents like me who don't speak Chinese? Why doesn't it exist? Mm-hmm. And I would just get more and more frustrated every day. And my husband finally said, why don't you just make it yourself? And I thought, I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> I, I'm not an author. I've never done this before. And he says, well, you should try it. And I thought, yeah. okay. So I did. And it was just, I wanted, I mean, I knew very clearly what I wanted the book to be because, you know, my kids were three and five right? and they were into those um, first words books, you know, like, oh, truck and Mm -hmm. doll and ball. And I thought, apple. (laughs) I thought, I just want a simple book like that, but in Mandarin. And I thought, I'm going to create it. So so um, I did. And uh still doing it 14 years later that's so awesome yeah i feel like the i've heard this before like the best um inventions or the best like business ideas are the ones that are like uh out of need and you figure it out from like actually going through it and like needing it and then being like i'm gonna do this myself it's so um, true which is really really cool that that you did that have you learned mandarin from your own books of course, because they're course, so simple. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it helped you. I didn't, that's what I'm if I didn't know Apple and Ball by now, I think I'd be in real trouble. No, I, I am it's learning so Mandarin, and I am. I'm still taking classes online now. I only do. Oh, cool. I mean, have you heard of Duolingo? Yes, of course. Yeah. So I have a really very very long streak going. It's sometimes <laughs> I can do multiple lessons. Sometimes it's only one, but I do what I can. You know, being a busy mom now, I have three boys, so wow. I, it's really hard for me to fit it in but I do make sure that I do a Mandarin lesson at least one a day that's cool so I am still learning did you feel that when you were reading to your kids that they were picking it up did you feel like it was um setting in with them at at a young age I mean there's a reason why people say to teach your kids right a language when they're young because they really are sponges and when they would say the tones in Mandarin it came off so naturally Whereas wow. I would have to think, wait, which tone is that? Because there's four different tones in Mandarin. And there's oh, even wow. more in Cantonese. And they had no problem picking it up really fast because they were learning English at the same time. So they didn't know it was Mandarin. They didn't right. know this was English. They just learned it as, oh, this is something new. And this is how you say it. So that's really, really. it cool. was actually really, really easy for them. Yeah, I was jealous that they could pick it up so quickly. Right, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, what do you think is the best kind of like way to teach your kids language? I think definitely um, using my books was a great tool for them because they were actually my test market. You know, I would show them the illustrations and show them the way the books were colored and they really, really reacted to them. So they often would choose my books to read at bedtime because they knew that mommy made this book and let's read mommy's book at bedtime. And so they really had a very strong connection to these books early on because they knew that I had created it for right. them and it just, I don't know. It just had a different feeling, I think, for them. Um, That's so special and really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many books does your Gordon and Lily books um, contain? Like how many series? Yeah. Right now I have four. Wow. That's I amazing. have four. I used to have seven, 
but um, my first three books that I, I self-published. Wow. My books. Gotcha. So the first I three books I that. self-published, <laughs> um, I had been selling on my own for, I don't know, about 10 years. I booked events all around the city and LA and San Francisco. And after 10 years, I thought, okay, it's time for me to go to the publishing house that I've always wanted to publish my books. And that was Scholastic. Cool. So I luckily had a friend who knew somebody who knew somebody <laughs> and I somehow got in front of the editor, the children's book editor. And I presented my books and I had an app at the time too. And they acquired my books. Wow. That's so, so amazing. those three books don't exist anymore because they're now in one big compilation book. So now they're in one big book. Oh, I love it. But that. All, th- all three books are in here. It's um, Everyday Words, Animals, and Counting in Mandarin. That's amazing. Yeah. What has been some memorable feedback that um, you've gotten from Gordon and Lily books? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's really amazing when I do my events around the city or um, meet people at museums that I'm doing a reading at. When these moms come up to me and tell me, and sometimes they're not even moms. Sometimes, you know, if I'm at, at like a Chinese New Year event and there's young people there, they say, I wish I had these books when I was a kid. <laughs> these would have made learning Mandarin so much more fun. And that means everything to me because when you're working for yourself on your own in your apartment, you don't really know. I feel like I'm in a bubble sometimes right. putting all my blood, sweat and tears into this project that I love that my kids love. But do people out there love it? Do people in the world recognize it for having a value for teaching a language, you know, and, when I meet these people and they say those things to me, it totally validates everything I'm doing. And that's, I think the most rewarding thing about this is the people that I've met, the families, the kids, and lots of times they'll bring their books that have been really, really used at home mm-hmm. and they'll bring them and say, we heard you were coming. Can you please Aww. sign this for us? And it's amazing. And that's, it's incredible. That's so awesome. What do you feel is the hardest part about learning Mandarin? What is the hardest part? Oh my gosh. I think it's um, the characters because that, for me, that's pure memorization. They changed the traditional characters to simplified. So it took away a lot of the, the strokes that someone would be able to say, oh, because they created the characters to make it look like what the character was representing. So for instance, water looked like wow. water. Wow, that's really but cool. But when they changed over to a simplified version, it removed a lot of the extra strokes. So now you don't and can't always tell what the character oh. is. So for me, it's pure memorization. That's the hardest part. I know I will never be able to be literate in Mandarin. I will probably never be fluent in Mandarin, but um, it's the kind of thing, as with any language, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So um, I am the only one in the household that speaks or is trying to speak Mandarin because now my kids are older and they Mm -hmm. have grown out of my books. So it's, it's hard. I don't have um, the ability to speak with them on a regular basis. I mean, it's like little things like, Oh, brush your teeth or Mm -hmm. come eat dinner. (laughs) So, so simple and basic, but um, that's, yeah, that's the hardest part, being able to read the characters and then just being able to use it as much as I, you know, it's, that's really hard. I lived in France for a year. I played for this team in Paris Saint-Germain. And um, 
like playing there and I, I basically used Duolingo and kind of taught myself French and I was able to communicate, you know, on the field. And then, but I had a roommate that was American. We we're the only two Americans and I'm like trying so hard to learn this language, but then it's just so easy and convenient just to speak, I you know, know, in English. So I think it's mm-hmm. so hard. But when I was like immersed in the language and on the soccer field where I couldn't revert to English because they only spoke to me in French, um, it made it like a lot easier. But it must be hard because it's like they're probably like, mom, really? Like, just yeah. tell me to brush my teeth. At this point. <laughs> right. I know. I keep thinking of the day where maybe I can move to China or Taiwan so I can be immersed because you're right. Being immersed in language is the quickest way to learn a language. And I'm just not immersed in it here right. in Brooklyn. So, <laughs> What advice do you have for parents trying to teach their children a second language besides about your books if they want to learn Mandarin? <laughs> um, well, the good thing is there are so many resources out there now. Um, so, yes, making sure that your your library at home is very diverse and kids can access all kinds of, you know, Mandarin books or whatever language it is you want to teach Mm -hmm. your kids. Um, And, you know, if it's not even your background, like if I wanted my kids to learn French, I would watch maybe some kid shows in French. I would maybe um, go to a French restaurant and try to order in French and obviously maybe try to do classes with them, finding a play group. I was um, in a Mandarin play group when they were really, really young, but even that was hard for me because... (laughs) All the parents were speaking in Mandarin super fast. And I'm oh. trying to think, wait, did you just say no? Wait, what did you say? Ball? <laughs> so, you know, trying to find oh, a right. group of people, parents with the similar, you know, focus and having play groups and just trying to, you know, immerse yourself in the culture, I guess. I think that's really, really good advice. So you used to be a fashion designer, and your husband is your kids must be super stylish, first of all. <laughs> Do you well, now help they're older, them with so their they fashion? have their own style? <laughs> okay. I used to when yeah. they were little and they would let me, but now like mom, I'm gonna go thrifting with my friends. <laughs> that's I'm awesome. Thinking, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that's uh, yeah. <laughs> your own choice. Um, you're obviously creative. Um, do you illustrate your own books or do you have someone that illustrates? I have someone that illustrates. And I've been through several different illustrators. And the one I'm finally um, working with is actually someone I've worked with when I was a designer at Old Navy. Really? She was, a, uh-huh, she was also a designer there. And um, she's also the mom of three kids. So we have that in common. She's Chinese-American. Oh. So no we have way. a lot in common. Oh, and that's awesome. she started working with me because we um, were working on my Chinese New Year book. And I thought it would be great to work with someone who knows about the traditions. And she was great. So now she's kind of my my full-time book illustrator that's awesome so she illustrates the black and white illustration for me and then I do the coloring and I do the layouts on the pages with all the Chinese and the English translations so you're like really really hands-on that's amazing I I mean I knew you were obviously but like to down to the t of like all the details that's really really cool yeah it's I think that's the most fun part is like designing the book and coloring it and I mean I have I'm such a visual person it makes me so happy to just see it immediately on my screen and I can tell whether or not I like it immediately right um so it's it's fun yeah, when I was uh, reading about you and, and your books, I thought that it like the way it looked, uh, like just from the computer, like the book, it looked really, really good. It was like appealing um, to me. So good job. Um, and then knowing your fashions, I'm like, I would expect nothing less. 
do you want to, um, I know you make children's book for young ages. Is there a series that you might, that you're thinking about that you want to relate to older, like older kids or do you, are you happy with just like your children's like? It's book? interesting you mentioned that because when my kids started aging out of my board books and I thought, uh-oh, what am I going to do now? How many keep their interest in wanting to learn Mandarin? So that's why I created an app. Oh, cool. I created an app on the be- my best-selling book, which was Animals. I turned it into an app, and um, it's basically, um, you can hear the word being spoken in English. You can hear it being spoken in Mandarin. And then the really fun feature is you can trace the Chinese character with your fingertip. Oh, that's really so cool. So then the kids are learning to actually write the character. So I did that because I wanted to... I wanted my books to kind of grow with my kids and I knew they loved the iPad. (laughs) How am I going to translate this into something that they'll want to use? So I did that. And then I also created a um, activity book for older kids. So um, it's kind of like a Chinese highlight book. Do you remember those books that you'd see at the the doctor's office or whatever? And it's got mazes and dot to dot and find the character and find the difference. So I, did that for my book um, and it's a really fun activity book. Cool. So it has like, you know, you can trace the Chinese character here and then there's um, like dot to dot and like you can color the pages, everything about it is colorful. Oh, that's so cute. So it's fun for older kids because um, they can take it with them on road trips and, you know, like my nieces, now that my kids are older, I kind of think about my nieces. I have a five-year-old and a soon-to-be three-year-old, which funnily enough were my kids' ages when I first started. <laughs> but I kind of tested on them to see, okay, what are they capable of doing? So my three-year-old niece can just color. My five-year-old can do the mazes, the dot-to-dot, maybe trying to find the Chinese character search, which is mm-hmm. pretty hard to do, but she's managing. That's um, awesome. So that book is like a, a five and up kind of book since now you are fully immersed in the children's book world do you have any children's books that you recommend to parents oh gosh where do so I many i mean there are so many out there i mean obviously the classics like you know the uh all the eric carl books mm. um one of my good friends a local mom joyce Wan. i love all of her books she's another scholastic taking author notes from you joyce <laughs> um <laughs> And then as they got older, it was um, Magic Treehouse. That's what really mm. encouraged my kids to want to start reading because they were cool. such fun adventures. And then as they got older, it was the Harry Potter series. And then as they got older, it was um, Rick Reardon and all the Greek mythology books about the gods, which I actually loved. Um, awesome. There's so many great series out there. Okay, advice for me in a sense um if i wanted to start writing a children's book kind of like where do i start how do i like initiate that i have ideas in my head but i feel like they're like everywhere <laughs> so the first thing you want to do because everything is everywhere and mm-hmm. all at once oh my gosh write it just put it yeah. <laughs> write everything down carrie i I don't carry a journal. I just put everything on my phone because that's easier for me. Mm-hmm. Just jot your notes down. And I had, you know, other ideas for other books and they didn't work out. And this one is the one that stuck with me because it was the one I was most passionate about. And I think you'll see when you start writing things down, which ones kind of flow out of you easier and which right. ones you kind of go back to and think, oh, yeah, I really like where this is going. And then talk with your friends. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to do a children's book for what age, I guess? 
little babies or? Um, I'm really at square one. I don't really have like an idea, but I just know I've always like wanted to because I'm pretty creative when when I think about things and, and imaginative. Um, so I guess, yeah, like once it gets to fourth and fifth grade or like just a basic children's book. And my brother's like an unbelievable writer. So I would love to like do a collaboration where, you know, I can, yeah, oh, wow. I, I can, um, you know, speak my ideas and him kind of help me mm-hmm. edit and, and put yeah. it all together. Um, well, I think you could do an amazing book about soccer. Yeah. And the, the lessons that you learn from it. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking, but yeah, I mean, that just seems like, a slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Thank you. Oh, one other thing I would say is um, just look at what's out there. Mm-hmm. Lots of times I would just go to Barnes and Noble for an afternoon and just see what's out there, see what I responded to, pick up oh, books, feel them because you have to, you have to, it's a tactile experience to hold a book in your hand. And that's when I realized True. I wanted to do a board book. I liked the way they felt in my hands. They were sturdy. I knew they were going to be great for my kids non-destructible, having all right. boys. So you know, <laughs> do some research at the library, look around and see what other kids are reading mm. and um, just kind of get a feel for what's already out there and then see where you might find that niche. I think that's really good advice that it, it is such a feel thing. And I guess I've never really thought of it that way. Like if I'm, you know, if I order a book and it's it's a hard cover or a soft cover and it, it definitely changes if I'm bringing it on my trip or not, if I'm traveling with it. Yeah. And how it feels. That's really, really. I would love being able to pack my board books in my bag and not have to worry about it getting dented or ripped. Right. And it could fall on the ground and it would be okay. So there's something really great about durable board books. Yeah. And I think about like my babies now they're putting everything in their mouth. I'll like look over, they're like eating a page. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't (laughs) even take my eyes off you for one second. I know. So that's such a tough age right now. Yes, it is. I was just going to yeah. ask you, I have twins that are under they're 10 months old. What advice wow. do you have for me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't, I really can't imagine having two at once. I know. Um, me neither. And I do. Yeah. But the one, and I've, I've, you know, talked with my friends who have twins and they say, I say, how do you do it? I could barely do it with one. They said, well, I don't know any different. So I right. just do it. Like you just do it. And I feel like, oh my gosh, you're such a warrior. But I think what I would say, if I could talk to my younger self and my nervous mom self, just enjoy it. And it's okay if, you know, they're not in bed by exactly seven on the dot. I would, I had such a strict schedule for them. I followed this one book, the Contented Little Baby book, and it worked. Wow. But I kind of, it kind of made me crazy trying to follow the schedule. And I didn't, enjoy them as much as I wish I had. So when I finally had my third, he was four years after my second one. I just enjoyed every moment. And I would let the house get a little messy, Mm -hmm. a lot messy. Yeah. (laughs) Because I knew that I wasn't fully present with my first and not even with my second. They're only 20 months apart. So I was really kind of just trying to survive. Right. And which is where you are. You are in survival yeah. mode. It's two <laughs> against one and it's tough. Um, yeah. So rely on your friends. Oh my gosh. If I didn't have girlfriends that were going through the same thing as me, I don't think I would have gotten through a day. You know, we would call each other and support each other, sometimes crying. What do we yeah. do? He's not sleeping. Yeah. I can't nurse. Well, <laughs> so having that, you know, 
group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, my family's in California, so I, I unfortunately didn't have the support of my family here. But I had, you know, my New York family. Right. So they were would come over and help me out. So it's surrounding yourself with friends and making sure that you have a, you know, a supportive community around you and trying to find people going through the same thing as you because then you don't feel so alone. Right. Yeah, I've been so fortunate that um, there's a couple of moms um, in the professional league that they didn't have twins, but just um, that have had babies and they're still playing. And one of them is Alex Morgan. She's given me such great advice from the beginning of it. And she's like playing the best soccer for life. And I think a lot of people think as soon as they found out I was having twins, like, are you going to retire? I'm like, no, what do you mean? I'm not going to retire. Like, but how many times I I was like, should I retire now? Like, I don't know. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm always tired. (laughs) Like maybe I should, no, but I'm enjoying it like more than ever. But, um, I think it's a really good point to kind of surround yourself with people. Well, one, your friends. And, and then it's been so nice to have teammates that don't have babies and don't make some want nothing to do with babies and some like love and they want to like come over and watch them whenever um it's so nice to kind of also get a break from like baby stuff too so it's nice that um or something funny will happen and and um you know I, i talk about it with my teammates and they you know they're so supportive and and laughing and there's always stories with me with with the babies and everything. So I think that's a really good point. Um, just having friends. And I feel totally different from like being with my team and being able to be around moms and non-moms um, versus when I was, I had uh, my boyfriend's from Montana. And so uh, I gave birth there and like my family's in New York. I grew up on Long Island. So I was mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. like separate. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just need to like, yeah, at one point I was like, like I'm exhausted. I'm like, I just need to go home. Like I'm so <laughs> tired. I have no family, no friends. I miss soccer. But um, that's a really, really good point. And um, I could feel that, that I have some of that, but I could probably do better to kind of ask for <laughs> like just more advice as, as they grow and, and get older and yeah. stuff. Um, and then sleeping, it's really interesting because I want to bring someone on like a sleep expert because I, I feel, mm-hmm. um, I feel that like initially I was like, okay, I want the schedule. I want to do this. And then all of a sudden it was the other day I have this, a game at night and then the game had a rain delay and, um, The nanny that I had is away on a wedding. So my boyfriend had them and they have a suite and everything, but it was like, okay, the games will start this time and then this time and then this. I'm like, I should have brought the pack in place. Like, I should have let them sleep in the suite at the game. Um, But just like thinking about that. Yeah. And I just think about like, if I initially I was like kind of rigid and then now I feel like, um, or previously before that, if I still rigid, it would be stressful. And so I kind of enjoy the moments, whether it's 30 minutes off or 10 minutes off or 10 minutes where I kind of like let them tell me, which is really interesting. But I, um, but I think that that's also really, really good advice to kind of just appreciate them and, and let your house get a little dirty if you want. And, and I relax. hate to say, yeah. I hate to sound so uh, cliche, but it really goes so fast. I can't remember when they were 10 months old. Oh my god. It's gosh. weird. I can't remember. Yeah, I it's, know. I want, you know, it's funny. I wanted to write like what they like, because I asked, I will always ask my mom, like, mom, like looking, I have a boy and a girl. So I'm like, mom, was I more like Trent or was I more like Max? Um, and she's like, I think you were like this. And I'm like, well, you don't really remember. I definitely don't remember. So like, I want to like write things down, like as I go through this so that they can see and be like, you 
you know, whatever it is, like, this was a, you lost your tooth, or I know there's baby oh, books for that, but, yeah. like, something little like that, like, this was your personality, mm-hmm. like, you were mm-hmm. relentless at this, you know what I mean, where they can look back and remember, because um, everyone has told me it goes so fast, and kind of, like, appreciate the moments, but it's also really hard to, because you're surviving. And that's actually something I wish I did, what you said. I wish I wrote down things, and I, I do have little notes here, like, funny things they said, but I wish I was a little bit more... Um, detailed good about yeah, yeah writing down little stories because now they ask me things and I think I don't remember <laughs> yeah no that's I feel that way because I asked my mom and she's like I don't really know I think you're I'm like no I want to know you know like was I like yeah. this or this so um I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna continue to do that but um so at the end of all of my podcasts I ask what um your mom goal for the week is so what is your mom goal for the week Okay, I have to first say, I love that you ask what my goal is for just this week instead of what do you plan to do in five years? Because I can't answer that question. For this week, I can answer. I am packing to go to California. Amazing. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to spend Easter with my family. And um, whenever we go out, there's always multiple events. So I have to think, okay, we have to pack an outfit for this, an outfit for this. And we're going here, so I have to pack outfits for this. So it's a full-time job to pack. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pack for California. <laughs> that is so true. It is like a whole nother job just to even pack for. Oh gosh. Yeah. And there's easier now, things. easier now because when they were young, oh my gosh, all the extra outfits you'd have to pack for the accidental blowouts Changing, or, yeah. oh my gosh, or just you count food the diapers, everywhere. how yeah. many do you need? Yep. Yeah. And the pack and play. And then I'm like, what oh, there's so they much like gear. now, you know, what do they, what can they play with? Well, we'll keep them busy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, now it's just their phone. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes it easy. Um, but thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. I love the fact that um, you kind of created something out of a need and you've been so successful. And so um, I love that. And I hope that thank everyone you. that wants to learn Mandarin buys your books. Thank you. I hope to see your book out on the shelf someday, too. Thank you. Michelle was great. She inspired me to write my own children's book one day. My mom goal, once again, is to make sure I slow down and kind of appreciate every moment. I think it was great advice that Michelle gave me. Thank you for listening. See you next week. This has been Mom Goals with Allie Long. Please like, rate, and review. Mom Goals is a gallery media group production.